our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. It's about that time to break forth the rhythm and the rhyme. Morning combat is back, folks. And it's back with a bang. Monday, December 2nd, 2019. Welcome in your boy, BC, the Brian Campbell of CBS Sports and the State of Combat podcast. And I'm looking right here at the man in the damn hat, your favorite combat sports writer's favorite combat sports writer. It's the Athletics' Chuck Mindenhall. Chuck, great to see you again. You know who braved the elements? I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, you know what I'm saying right there? Who who had the balls to come out here? I mean, I know everything is fair when you're living in the city, and all you have to yeah. do is get on a subway to get to where you're going, but I wake up this morning, and I look out the window. It's like three inches of snow and ice. I mean, Same here. We live in the same state, man. I mean, I, you know, I look in the mirror. I'm like, is it worth it? But you know who didn't make it here? Let me work it, right? I put my thing down. I flipped it, and I reversed it. <laughs> what were you saying? I said, you know who didn't make it here today because of the weather. Maybe because of the weather. I don't know why he's not here. I heard something about DCF and music choices okay. for infants. I don't know. You're talking about the <laughs> great Luke, right. the the great guy, Luke the guy Thomas. The guy conspicuously missing. Yeah, him. like the Redskins all season, he's on a bye week right now. Yeah. But, Chuck, you're a member of this family. You belong in this. Yeah. I feel this, at home here. Yeah, and this, I do. remember people were actually doing legitimate Armageddon bunkers for the uh, Y2K thing. <laughs> I had an yes, uncle who had I one of those rocking that, out. Yeah, had the tank and everything. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, I got up there to make it happen for the dedication for this show. 5:30 a.m. I'm out there plowing. Uh, I'm out there plowing through lines of white powder yeah. like it's uh, fight week for the first Gustafson fight. You know what I mean? Like I'm out there getting <laughs> the job oh, done. Man. Yeah. To get in here, Luke, because it, it, it's still real to me, damn it. But like Snow, we are the combat sports informers, right? Uh-huh. I like you bum bum down. And um, look, there's no other show like this. We bring it to you raw, real, fresh, no punches pulled, no cringe. We tell it like it is, whether it's Big Luke or Chuck next to me. So for this holiday season, they should probably pay it forward, right? I think so. Get on out there, YouTube, subscribe. We want to see these numbers go up. We got that 30K goal by the new year, but if you want to see Luke topless, we want to get to 50K. If you want to see Luke and Chuck go tip to tip, 75K is in our rear view. We got to get bigger. We got to get this show out there. There's there a lot of good special surprises There's a lot out. of things you're touching on all at once. Gotta, like. keep, 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 I, want, I don't want to get handsy here so early in the show, but uh, Chuck, before we get into all, we got a big show ahead of you for today. A lot of Connor talk. Ruiz, Joshua, too, out in the desert there, but... Uh, my favorite holiday this past weekend, yeah. Thanksgiving. How'd it go, uh-huh. brother? It was great, man. You know, there, was, there wasn't there was an event, so it felt like an actual Thanksgiving this time. I, I was like able four to, days off, I yeah. know, exactly. So I, I really can't remember the last time I had that many days strung together where I didn't have obligations. You and the wife carve up a... Carve yeah. up a bird? Two what? different times, actually. We had the okay. in-laws in at one point, and then we did an actual right. Thanksgiving. So. I had uh, turkey with stuffing and cranberry. Uh, can't <laughs> believe Tyson gave that girl VD. I mean, it was a great weekend we altogether. But in my family... We have meat pie because we're French-Canadian, okay. and then we have the backyard football game. 
And oh. I'm never afraid to take L's. You got to grow. You got to learn. I took I the worst that. L as captain this year in GM when it came to picking in terms oh, of the game. The biggest footage. blowout loss. And then I almost lost this. my face. Check that out right there. <laughs> Look at the love and the dedication. Oh, man. Cousin Morgan coming in on the blitz, and I got to the outside. Uh, wow. Like, a little bit of. I like uh, the plaid and like, vest thing you got I going protected here. my moneymaker, though, Chuck. All right. I did it all for the nookie. <laughs> Look at that dedication and passion. Uh, oh we got God. blown out big time. Nobody can cover did cousin you hit your Tim. Face on the. I almost did. Uh, oh, <laughs> you know nobody. Take take that down. Enough of that. Nobody could cover cousin Tim this year. He lit me up in the yeah. end. Um, it was a, it was a bad. Getting older, Brian. I am. I am getting a little washy yeah. there. But um, the Turkey Day was a success. Good. Great holiday. No gifts. Yeah. Not, everybody could take part. No just religions. Gluttony. That's just all. Just about gluttony food, and football. football. Family, yeah, friends, and those things. Yeah. If you're single, maybe that other F. There's a lot of things yeah. you can you can get done on that weekend. Yeah. All right, that's true. Hey, you look pretty look. happy and awkward here. You want to you want to get into the show here or what, Chuck? <laughs> Let's do it. All right, so much to talk about in the world of combat sports, and this week we kick off with an announcement we've been waiting on for many a month. Conor McGregor is back, folks. Like this show, I think he's back with a bang. It'll come January 18th. I believe Las Vegas. Not sure if they narrowed down that site, but it's looking like UFC 246. Cowboy Cerrone is the opponent for Connor's first appearance since that UFC 229 loss to Habib Nurmagomedov. Have you really been waiting many months for this? I have been waiting so long. How many podcast hours have we filled with this debate? So it's finally here, Chuck. But this fight would have been seemingly even better nine months ago when we first started talking about it. Yeah. I know Connor had the hand injury in between, but considering Cowboy Cerrone's coming off two straight knockout defeats in the past six months, does that take anything away from what this fight could and will be January 18th? Well, when was last, when Connor fought? I mean, he's coming off a loss as well, so it's not like he's on some raging winning streak. I think it's actually kind of, it's still perfect, right? I still think it's the ideal opponent. Uh, for him to kind of accommodate his style. And he has, Cowboy has a name too. Like you say Cowboy Cerrone, I feel like a casual, kind of, you know, people have heard that name before at this point. He's fought 33 times in the UFC. The guy's been the most prolific fighter going, which is almost the exact opposite of what Connor has been. So I feel like those two guys coming together, knowing it's going to be a fireworks fight, regardless of the two losses. I know that we just seen him knocked out. That's always a little bit different than if it's a couple of decisions or something like that. It takes a little bit of the shine off of it, but honestly, because they planted the seed four years ago at that press conference, remember uh, with the, the Go Big press conference, I think it was? That was the same press conference yeah. of who the fuck is that guy, right? Yeah, exactly. I believe it was the exact one. So we've had this in our minds in some form for all that time, so I feel like it can, you know, it feels like the right time, actually, for me to see this fight happen. I mean, obviously, super smart for the UFC to make this a pay-per-view main event. Connor's brand deserves that coming uh, off of such a delay to get to that. I mean, he hasn't had a win since yeah. 2016. And what you and I talked about last time we hosted this show together was, it's insane. We never would have thought when he was on top of that mountain that we'd go three years in only one appearance during that time in the yeah. MMA cage and no victories. But look, on paper, from the standpoint of p- potential violence and action, you don't need uh, Jake Hager to come in here and tell you that <laughs> I've got, a, you know, I'm rock hard with emotion uh-huh. here. I've got a phoner, which, uh, by the go. way, he told me on my podcast means fight boner. Okay. But I'm look, glad you cleared that up. On paper, these two are going to bang, and it can accomplish two things at the same time. It's the perfect comeback fight, like we've been saying all along, because Cerrone is such a name, but such a beatable name, but also a guy who could win just the same. And then on the flip side, no matter what happens, you're getting real action between two personalities that you know, that you got to buy, that you got to see. Are you more of a 
proper 12 whiskey man or are you more of a bud can man because that's what uh, the build from this should be all about, right? Well, that's the whole difference, right? I think before, if they'd booked this fight, say, two years ago, maybe, whenever, you know, whenever they could have done it, say, before last year, I think that there would have been a wider segment that would be rooting for Conor McGregor. It's just the natural way of his progression. But over this last year, which has grown dark, really since the Habib Nurmagomedov series, which was a very dark lead up to the fight, the aftermath, everything that's gone on uh, out of the cage and everything else, I feel like the sentiment has swung. I feel like Conor McGregor still sees himself as a lottery ticket for anybody he's going to face. This one's a little bit more of a de-escalation. You're seeing two guys. You're seeing a fight where there's no there's no title in place at an arbitrary weight class of welterweight. There's a lot of different elements, but if you're just strictly talking about a rooting element, even in Ireland, I kind of feel like Cerrone at this point is kind of emerging as the guy. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, if you hate Conor McGregor and he's given you a lot of reasons to, depending on which side you're on, uh, Cowboy is the perfect babyface superhero yeah. in this spot. Would have I liked it better when Cowboy was so much hotter nine months ago when, when the Cowboy dad was back and banging but look, he always fights elites, he and he comes out there swinging, and you know what you're going to get? In a lot of ways, this can be the perfect Conor comeback fight to rebuild his brand, but it can also be BMF territory, and that's what it is. For the sure. only thing missing here is the damn BMF belt. It's got that spirit and that attitude in here. But I want to talk to you about the decision to make it a welterweight fight. Conor, we've only seen him in the UFC there in the two fights with Nate Diaz in which mm-hmm. he split. Does Conor McGregor with a win at 170 become the number one contender at 155, and does that math make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. And it, it, honestly, like when a guy is usually gone for that kind of time, they're taken out of the rankings at some point. We've seen this happen at least with certain guys. But Conor McGregor has maintained his top five standing through all of this, and it's a little bit strange. But when you really come down to it, he, do, he will not deserve it. It won't matter. It's still Cowboy Cerrone. This is what you're looking at. Guy on a two-fight losing streak. It'd be Justin Gaethje just beat Cowboy Cerrone. Should he be the next guy? It's really the same thing, different weight class. There are guys like Dustin Poirier, of course, who just lost for the title fight. But you know, when you go, what, what is it, 11-2 and two or 9-2 and two or whatever it is, he's gone in the last uh, few years at, at lightweight. That guy's still going to trump you know, the, the merit in that kind of matchmaking. I don't think so, but this is, as you know, man, it has little to do with that when it comes to Conor McGregor. He literally, the rules change around him and the money. Yeah, it's all about the money, especially if Tony Ferguson wins the title. I could see Conor McGregor jump in the line and wow. get that fight. Wow, you talk about a, a, a box of sex yeah. that fight would be, yeah. but, but a lot to, to take place before there. Just from the standpoint of the health of the sport, Conor's been gone for so long, Chuck, and UFC has in some ways rolled on and advanced and moved on to see him kicking off 2020, throwing him right back into the mix from just a marketing crossover casual fan, must-see right now type of situation. Mm -hmm. This is fun. No matter what you like, whether you're there to hate him or love him, that guy, unlike anyone in MMA history, even more than a Rousey or a Lesnar, yeah. can can stir the shit up. It smacks of the, the Diaz fight, right? Because the Diaz fight was left field. It was going to be RDA for the lightweight title. It became Nate Diaz, and then it became a series. Then it became like this long detour outside of what the normal, uh, you know, lineal way that Conor McGregor was going about his ass kicking. You know, it's like he became <laughs> something else. And here we are where you end up kind of in a backwards way into a fight that goes back to that. It doesn't have, we're not sure what it means in terms of if he goes through, what it, will he stay at welterweight? Will he go down to lightweight? You know, you, you have to kind of figure all this out. The guy doesn't make as much sense as maybe he would have. But I like it in the way that you're talking about because at some point Conor McGregor is just his own 
thing, right? It's like its own entity, it's its own event. It doesn't have to be tied to the paradigm and the, the model the way the UFC has uh, set it up for all these yeah. years. Yeah, thank you that there's no interim title at stake here. Thank yes. you that it can just it be, have to be a big name guy in a comeback yeah. fight. I want to close on this when we're talking about the business side of it, though. Um, gun to your head, and you're you're a man of business, all right. I haven't seen yeah. your financials, but but you're you're very well put together here. You would have um, a different opinion. If I you probably did would, but. Uh, Will this be the best-selling pay-per-view of 2020 for the UFC and ESPN? Of 2020? Probably not. Especially if he's a man of his word because he says, he, Conor McGregor says he wants to fight three times. And each one of those, let's say he's able to get by Cerrone, there is that escalation back in play. You're going to see some pretty crazy things after that. You're basically saying Conor, if he wins, is going to fight Tony or, or Habib. I think so. I think so. Especially if it's Tony. But I, I think that it'll be a big fight regardless. And, uh, and then, you know, who knows what happens after that. But I think there'll be a bigger fight after that. Break out the red panties, yeah. right? We're, yes. We're back. We're back. It's we're good back. to have him back. I mean, It's great to have him back. There's so, so many people, if you mention his name now, it's just such a dark cloud. There's so many people who are just turned off by the idea of Conor McGregor. Yeah. Any lead up, anything to do with him, and that makes sense. But from a fight game perspective, it becomes a different place when he's involved. And so Speak, it's always good to have him on the, on the schedule. Speaking of dark clouds, Jay in my ear trying to move me on. So ah. great, great to hear from you, Jay. Happy holidays there he here. Is. Uh, look, we have a piece, <laughs> bit of news that ties into it in some ways Conor McGregor's return. What happened right after that fight was announced. The fight we have wanted for oh so damn long is finally going to take place for the lightweight championship. Let me get the date right. April 18th in Brooklyn, New York. You going? At a pay-per-view yet to be made. Am I going? I'm going to camp out for it. It's Habib <laughs> Nurmagomedov defending against Tony Ferguson for the fifth time. Although they've never actually met in the cage due to injuries and weight, bad weight cuts and all the drama that's gotten there. So, Chuck, maybe the fifth time's a charm, but I want to ask you. Is this fight cursed, or is <laughs> or did the heavens and the MMA gods just part the seas so that we can finally see this right now for the title when it would mean so much more than back in Tampa in yeah. 2014? Well, I mean, if you just look at each iteration, it gets bigger, right, each time. And I think that by the third time it was booked, I remember, oh, third time's the charm, but there was already this idea of this karmic, you know, cosmo, you know cosmological thing that was in play, like, oh, and it never happened, it never happened. And then it starts falling through. By the fourth time when it fell through, I really believed it was cursed. So I'm not sure. I don't really honestly believe in that sort of thing, but I don't want to talk about it, so I'm becoming superstitious. I've written major, you know, big-time articles about it that just kind of went out the window because the fight never happened. So it's like one of those situations <laughs> at this point, you're just like, show me it. And it, once they're walking to the cage and they're in the cage, I'll believe it. But I'm, I guess I do take it with a grain of salt. I mean, it, it's almost tempering what our excitement could be because, like you said, we've yeah. been here so many times. But yet at its core, tell me if I'm wrong here. When you look at the landscape of all combat sports, boxing or MMA, okay. is this the best possible on-paper fight in terms of like – Forget the commercial side for a second. Just two guys we need yeah. to see in there with so much at stake. What's it going to look like, style versus style? Is this the best fight you can make in boxing or MMA from that standpoint, where you are not only appealing to the hardcores, you're sticking that fist in and turning it? I would have said that on the third time they booked it, I would have said yes. What, the fist comment? <laughs> Just that it's the best fight on paper. You could have said that a couple years ago when it was supposed to happen. I would have said it doubly on the fourth time they booked it, and I would say it triply on the fifth time they booked it. That's how much I believe in this fight. I love this fight. I've always loved this fight. It's only gotten better over time. You, you consider that since the first time they booked this fight that never happened, Ferguson has won six fights more in a row. Nomaga Madoff has won six fights as well, and he's wow. also won the title and defended it twice. You know what I mean? It's just. Don't they both they have hit. the same amount of UFC wins in a row? 
Aren't they on the uh, same? They might. They might. Shit? I just know. I kind of went back and I looked at that and I was like, "Where?" Because every time they do it, it's just it's gotten sweeter and sweeter because it just doesn't happen. Usually, something happens where a guy loses. Just like you mentioned with Cerrone, you would like to have seen it in the day before he started losing like that. Usually, that happens in MMA. Like a guy loses and then it kind of loses yeah. its luster, but that hasn't been the case. I mean, here. Ferguson has been on such a bizarre journey to get to this yeah. point, tripping over the cord, having to beat everybody they put in I front mean, of the him. Cord. Come on. I mean, but he's finally here and. What a, this victory could be the opportunity, even at age 36 now, for him to skyrocket to superstardom, which really his brand has been under blossom, under, you know, some of that is always missing time due to injuries, but yes. true or false, forget the commercial side okay. again, Tony Ferguson's the only man that can beat prime Habib Nurmagomedov. You know, I would say true, and I think that's one of the reasons I want to see it so bad. Damn I feel right. like he's the one guy that adds a, an element or a dimension of doubt to it. Usually when you're contemplating an Amagamata fight, you're thinking, how long? How is he going to do it? How, how long until he takes him down and starts pounding him out? But when you've got a guy who's just that strange and like that good in a scramble and that unorthodox that everywhere. That insane, too. Let's that say insane. that. That's, that's part of the scouting Yeah, report. he starts bleeding and then he becomes like a yes. this banshee or something. He becomes something else in that cage. It's very If it bleeds, we can kill him. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Send me location. Yeah. Brooklyn, New York cannot wait. I'm so happy it's happening in our backyard. It's becoming a Habib home, Brooklyn, yeah. right? Yes. I love that. I love Hopefully that. no, no oh. Irishmen show up with their dollies. We'll oh, my God. Right. Inject this fight you right wanna, here. You do Give that? me some tracks right now. Let's do this thing. All right. Well, look. MMA is hot right now. Big fight in boxing this weekend if we can transition combat sports. You're going to have to go out to Saudi for this one. <laughs> We're talking about a heavyweight title rematch when Andy Ruiz Jr. puts all three belts on the line that How he won that is. in upset fashion <laughs> from Anthony Joshua in April. They're going to do the rematch this Saturday afternoon in Saudi Arabia. And Chuck, heavyweights are red hot right oh, now yeah. in boxing. We're just a couple weeks removed from Wilder Ortiz. We've got Wilder Fury 2 coming up in February. It's going to be good. But this one's for three of those four recognized heavyweight championship belts. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> need to tell you off, man. <laughs> wow. So much of this narrative heading in, and rightfully so, is what is AJ's headspace yeah. going to look like? Knocks down Ruiz in that epic round three the first time around, then gets hit with that equilibrium shot in the air, was never the same, gets stopped in round seven, and the division was turned upside down. Is AJ all we thought he was heading into that fight as a global superstar and phenomenon? Where's his head going to be at entering this fight? It's crazy because John Skipper basically put out a tweet, I remember this, saying that AJ was on brand, basically making like what is a forty million dollars last year. He was on, he was this close coming to America. He's on brand with being like a, a Ronaldo or a LeBron, right? This is the kind of space we were talking about. And there's a lot of people in the boxing realm, obviously, and there's a lot of people overseas. This was our first look at him. It's the strangest thing when something like this happens because you're not sure to what, uh, you know, to what length. All of that mojo has been shaken. Like, where, where is he at at this point? Is he going to come back in some diminished form? That's always the question. Yeah, that's always the question, and I feel like that guy, particularly, I, you know, just kind of how he came up and, and going into the fight, which was obviously a late, a late replacement. There was a lot going on there that was uh, kind of unorthodox, and his head wasn't completely into the fight, you know. And then every the way it played out, it was almost existential. Like you could see him almost embarrassed in real time by his performance, and when you see all of that, you just feel like the pressure is on him to try to regain 
more than just the titles. You well, know what I mean? It's just it, there's more to it than that. And I always you, feel like that's where the backstory is. At. You nailed it. The pressure is so huge because it's not just about those titles. It's about justifying who he was coming in. That fight was supposed to be a walkthrough. He yeah. was supposed to be fighting Jarrell Big Baby Miller until he failed about 18 drug tests in Madison Square Garden, yeah. U.S. debut. All of England filled that arena. We were there that night. It was Sweet Caroline going all around like crazy. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Good times. Yeah. They, well, they felt so good. So good. But... um. Until that third round. Until that third round. <laughs> so he's got to... Look, I don't think it's out of bounds to say that this fight in some ways is make or break for his entire career. Really Meaning, do. should AJ succumb a second time and lose by knockout, when you consider the money he has earned yes. to get to this point, this guy's selling out 80,000 soccer stadiums, 90,000 against Klitschko. I mean, it's just insane the phenomenon that he became, not just in England where he was Olympic star, but he's got the family roots in Africa. Yeah. He became a worldwide global star. If he loses, the ghost may be, go may be gone. It tied to what, though? It was like tied to a 22-0 record. 21 knockout, Riley. He's like, he's putting it all together. He had all the elements. Well, the sheen of invincibility was the first thing to go. And if he loses it a second time, if he loses a second time, you really wonder to what extent. I mean, look, he, the reason why this fight is in Saudi Arabia rather than a soccer stadium in England or rather than Cowboy Stadium, and the reason why, look, if you're DAZN, you probably don't love that it's going on in the afternoon yeah. up against the SEC championship on CBS as opposed to, you know, at night. But AJ's getting $75 million, the report is. That's why it's there. Everybody's cashing in on it. Yeah. I wonder, though, if that sort of lo side location that doesn't seem to favor either guy is the best thing for AJ in this spot. Because so much of this fight is going to That's be mental. Point. You're not going to have the throngs of that British press in the American press at the same time waiting for him to crack and break. And they're doing That's it in a makeshift 15,000-seat outdoor stadium in the middle of the desert that just popped up <laughs> I out love of that nowhere. they do these things in these makeshift Oh, my God, because there's so much cash going around that I think it's almost make or break for his entire career. Because with this $75 million, with every piece of money that he's made, if he gets do knocked it. out again, he's, he might just walk away the for only good. Thing worse and it might be that time. a fight when it seems like it's an inevitability that you're going to win is when you go in with the air of the fluke that you just lost, people are now talking about a fluke. It's almost like they're doing the exact same thing. They're saying it's a fluke, but he was losing on the... How did you have the fight score? Because I felt like he was losing on oh, all... he was, he was. And I mean, it's one of those situations, like, that's not really a fluke. I know that when you said the equilibrium shot, it changes things, but I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like there's a lot to be... I mean, I've seen many a guy in boxing get hit right in the air yeah. or behind it, and you're just never the same. you got to actually credit AJ in this spot. He gutted out another three, four rounds, but you go back, and, and the zone has a, has a really good uh, documentary on it called One Night that they yeah. have about that fight, and it really documents like he just wasn't himself the rest of that fight, and he gutted it out. To me, that's the same yeah. level fluke in a way of Lennox Lewis getting one yeah. shot by yeah. Oliver McCall or one-shotted by Hasim Rahman, which he invented yes. them both. So... The difference in people comparing the Andy Ruiz knockout win to, like, a Tyson Douglas, I think it is different. I don't think it's so much different from Buster compared to Andy, even though that's... Maybe just in the odds. I think that's it's that it. Tyson, like Ronda Rousey, was so invincible that when you pull that air of invincibility yes. away from them, you find out what they're really made of, and both people were in some right. ways never the same. Tyson still had a career, right. obviously. But AJ has been... Look... He's not a perfect fighter or boxer by any means. He's a great finisher when he gets you hurt. He can handle the the, the star power and the in the in the pressure that comes with it. But he's been vulnerable in some of his biggest wins. Yeah. He got knocked down by Klitschko. He got hurt Said by he was taking a round off. Didn't he, he got hurt by Dillian White. <laughs> he got you know he got rocked by Carlos Tackham early yeah. in that fight. He had that boring long fight in which he outpointed Joe Parker. So. Maybe it's going to be easier for him to bounce back Maybe. because he's been through I feel some. Like that's the intrigue. Been through some vulnerabilities where, 
Look, spoiler alert, if I'm handicapped in this fight, I think the odds makers got it right. I like AJ in this yeah. rematch. The key is going to be to use that jab and create distance. Because let's not forget, that one punch from Andy Ruiz changed the whole night right. to the ear. But it was because he got inside the jab and was Absolutely. able to land that shot. If AJ can get in a great mental space and rely on that jab, he does have the size advantage and the reach. Is Andy Ruiz a better pure boxer? Yes. But Andy Ruiz has never been the, to take his nickname, the destroyer that he was in that fight. I know he rose to the occasion with no pressure on his biggest night. He's not Buster Douglas. He's more polished. He's been on the title level before. But he's also not a... A killer. Yeah. So I do think the door is open here for AJ to put and the train AJ back on the tracks. Too, right? Like smelled the blood in the water. He kind of just kind of went crazy. Look, there AJ's a finisher. Finish you know what I mean? I just I feel like he'll be a little more cautious in a situation like that. And you know, some of the things about AJ that people got wrong after that fight was that oh well, he was never so good to begin with. He was never this or that. Look, like go back and look at the wins yeah. he's gotten. I mean, he's beaten a Klitschko, a Dillian White, a Joe Parker, all those guys. This is his big opportunity, yeah. and uh, the Sultans are going to be swinging. You know, like this yeah. is this is going to be a big time business. Fired up for I'm it. fired up for it. And so, yeah. you got any uh, prediction that people want to know? Are you going? No, I'm not going. But, uh, <laughs> I'll be in my on my couch here. You got? I think. You're I think leaning, are you leaning I, am, I am leaning him. I mean, I just I think that anything he was caught by surprise, like he'll have time to then figure out. So anything that happened in that first fight, I take it a little bit with a grain of salt. I guess I am tending. Not fluke. I hate that word because, right. like I said, he was not winning the rounds, and there was some extenuating circumstances. But I feel like he'll he'll have it solved this time. By the way, uh, you should check out what that DAZN doc to see Mike Tyson just I off see the that. walls. He was great in that. Before. I do want to talk quickly, and we did mention Wait, Wilder. Who's your prediction? You're going to tell I me? saw AJ. AJ's okay. going to do All it. Right. I think he's going to get a late stop, Jackson. I think he's going to box beautifully and set that up. Ruiz at some point is going to have to go for broke. I think he runs into something. Fury Wilder two on the horizon. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the victor on Saturday. Yeah. Look, if AJ wins. You kind of go back into position. Usyk is mandatory on that side, the zone-friendly fighter. But Dillian White is going to be on his undercard. And we know they had that fun fight the first time around. They're amateur rivals. What can be crazy is if Andy Ruiz wins on Saturday for the second time (laughs) because he's a PBC fighter who would be taking those three or four heavyweight titles, going back to Showtime and Fox on PBC, and then you could... Presumably put him in there against the winner of Wilder Fury 2 for all the belts. Yeah. Big time. This is what yeah. we want in the heavyweight division. We're not talking about Ibragamov and, right and now, uh, Leakovich and all these old names of old. Just over t- this last year, it's all opened up again, man. All I right. love it. Well, this Saturday, there is more boxing than just what's going on in Saudi. Showtime's back with a card in Brooklyn. Luke and I are going to be at this weekend. You want to check it out? WBC middleweight champion Jamal Charlo, one of the rising stars in the sport, is back. And a very interesting test against Dennis Hogan. Now, Chuck, we saw Hogan in his last bout, very controversial decision loss to Jaime Munguia. This is a guy that can fight. This is a guy that can test him. I'm going to be looking forward to how Charlo comes out there and relaxes. But it's been an interesting year for the Charlos going back to last December. Remember his brother, Jermel, lost the 154 mm-hmm. title to Tony Harris, and they're going to have a rematch in December. Jermel went almost life or death with Matt Korobov in a very interesting fight. I think you're going to have to watch the co-main event on Saturday. You could be finding yourself a new Charlo opponent in the future. Chris Eubank Jr., Going to yep. be in there against Matt Korobov, and that's going to be a fun fight. Can't have the same fight. poetry as his dad. We love the Eubanks. How, how, <laughs> how good is Chris Eubanks Sr. to just put him out there in front of a microphone? I mean, the guy's just so poetic and just, you know. And it's not just one poem. The guy has, like, he can flip through his cards, and he's, he can pull up any of them. So I mean, he's great. But uh, Chris Eubanks Jr. can bang. He's a fun fighter. Yep. But back to just Jamal Charlo quickly. These Charlos, man, you put them in yep. front of a microphone, they make things happen. You yep. put them in a ring, they take full souls. They can punch, they can box. I think both guys are sort of... 
waiting to bust out and be that pound for pound talent. You down for Lions only? I'm down. All right, you're gonna you're gonna be tuning in on Saturday <laughs> down, as well. Hey, big, big stuff, big time business coming around Thanks. in boxing and in MMA. See, I like I like this show because I get to watch more boxing. It's required to watch some boxing. I'm require, that's what I like, man. I'm gonna I require like to be able you to, to watch some pro wrestling too. Oh, see, that's where I draw the line. I'm gonna need a sweat rag in here. The uh, the lack of uh, flowing air is really getting <laughs> to me this week. All right, back on the MMA side, we have a card this Saturday going down in Luke Thomas's backyard oh, when yeah. UFC DC invades the nation's capital. We got a heavyweight main event with Alistair Overeem against. Let me get this right. The Rising. Jair Rosenstruck, correct? I think that's pretty close. Close. Jairzinho yeah. Rosenstruck. Yes. Anyway, Chuck, <laughs> give me a headline from this weekend that you're looking forward to checking out. Besides that one? Well, or that one. Hit me up with it. I think this fight is all designed, basically, for Rosenstruck to shine, right? I mean, he, he gets the, the fill-in, and it's unfortunate circumstances with Walt Harris and everything that's going on there. He, could, he gets to come in here, but everybody's got their eye on him. And who was the last guy to stack up Arlovsky and Overeem in back-to-back fights? Francis Ngannou. Oh, And hey. he got a title shot right after that. You're so telling I feel me like, that's the path right there? So I'm telling you that the, this, it kind of has that kind of, you know, the, both those guys have names, and he just, he just did that and within a month's time, right? Like, he just had Arlovsky. Now he goes in against Overeem, and I feel like if he's able to do something, it's going to be a nice showcase for him if he's able to do you know a big knockout like we know he has power if he does that i can see him make ways i wouldn't want to see him in a title fight but you could put him against there's a lot of he's guys still raw. Above, he's still oh, yeah, early and he's still raw but is i think that you could you would definitely have a guy at that point that would you would have marketing ability because you're putting him in a main event it's a nice spot for him if he does that i feel like he can really boost his stock into that top Seven eight space. You know? Now Overeem's been around forever. Thirty nine years old. Did make Stipe tap once, but he is on a two fight win streak. Maybe not against household names, unless you live yeah. in the Dagestan Caucasus area. But um, this is the right test to find out yeah. who Jairzinho oh, yeah. actually is. Good enough for a main event there. But when you look at other storylines there, I'm always looking down the card to see what okay. they got. Bantamweight fight. I need to see on the women's side. When Aspen Ladd comes out, first fight since that controversial yeah. stoppage loss against GDR, and we know Durandamy has moved on to a title shot, so that sort of shows you how yeah. close Ladd was in a very shallow division would be the best way to say it. Yeah. You get former title challenger Yana Kunitskaya in front of her. Uh, what's really at stake here for Aspen in your eyes? I mean, it could. who knows? I think it could be something like a title shot. You know, it really depends, because I think that Aspen Ladd, it was smart in one way, also very distracting for her to kind of protest her last fight and uh, and raise awareness that way, because it almost puts an asterisk on it. You feel like it wasn't quite on the up and up, even though it was, you know, it's like, but it, I feel like she can kind of get by with it. She was 24 years old, she was undefeated, she doesn't have a ton of fights, but if she goes in there and she has a nice finish in this one, or just a g- great presentation where she dominates the fight... I could see her being right back up there. Luke and I were talking last week on one of the DMs for Donks, from Donks, when our people came in with their own questions. And uh, they were like, you know, after GDR, what would be next for Nunes? And you're sort of like, in both divisions, it's, it's shallow. So does it's UFC kind of need Aspen Ladd to put the train so. on the I track I think here? that they wanted her to. I don't think they wanted GDR because it's like one of the, you know, you know the whole situation there. I, I, I honestly didn't think uh, Duranami would ever get a title shot again after the whole thing that happened at Featherweight. So... That tells you just that alone that they booked her into the next title fight, how desperate they are to kind of get contenders rolling through. Uh, a couple other fights to know. I mean, you got Stefan Struve against Ben Rothwell. If you like it extra sloppy oh, yeah. there, you can throw that on there. Uh, anybody else you're ben, looking at there? Struve coming back after that long hiatus. Uh, the skyscraper fell down, took a nap. He's back up. He's ready. He's ready for that. Uh, you were telling me you're fired up about Matt Wyman, though. I am a little bit fired up about Matt, Matt Wyman. He's one of those guys who came in at UFC 60. He broke through on the Ultimate Fighter 5 with guys like... 
Ray Maynard and That's Nate a long Diaz, time ago. Yes. Paul Miller. I mean, like he's been around, but then he disappeared for like a four-year span. And he, have you ever talked to him? Never. This is one of the craziest. Like I don't. I'm not crazy. Like crazy, but he's like a, almost a hermit in a fight game. Like he just kind of hides away. Doesn't have social media. He, uh, you know, he's very, very aware. Like if he's eating something, he'll eat everything on. He doesn't waste. You know, he t- he told me a story about him wanting to disappear out the back. You know, during his fights because he gets so scared. <laughs> Just a completely different cat, and he has been gone so long. He showed up. He resurfaced a couple months ago against Luis Pena. He got beat up pretty badly. First fight in five years. First right? fight in like I, four or five years, something I, like that. I don't get the but message. So you have to run the pigeon. From. What, what happened? What was in the, going on in the break? Injuries. The, the truth of the matter is, like, I think it's just too, he just kind of took a break. That's yeah. all it was. I'm still and waiting for Dustin Hazlett to get off the EMT circuit and oh make a comeback. God, that was my imagine? guy back in the day. Where's TJ Grant? I keep yeah, saying this. Yeah, Where's yeah. TJ Grant? No, but. Uh, I'm always interested in Matt Wyman. He's just a, such a, a different kind of character, and uh, I want to see him, man, because I feel like that probably devastated him a little bit in that last fight, so yes. I want to see how he rebounds this uh, this coming weekend. Well, we hit you up with the big-time boxing and MMA coming up this weekend. Um, you had to believe there was a circus carnival fight as well to get me excited. This is quasi-pro wrestling here. I wow. A, I just heard a thump That's on the That's how table. I do it, right? This is a funky introduction <laughs> of how nice I am here. Tell your mother, send a telegram this Saturday. Combate America's MMA will have that promotion's biggest card to date in a pay-per-view emanating from McAllen, Texas. I believe it's hashtag... What side are you on? What side of the border? I'm not really sure, but we're going to see UFC. Interpretable. We're going to see UFC legend Tito Ortiz take on former WWE champion Alberto El Patron slash Del Rio slash Dos Caras Jr. What are we going with? We're going with Alberto and um, (laughs) Chuck. This is seemingly from the Bellator playbook. Uh Tito's 44, Alberto's 42, and he's nine years removed from the MMA cage. I like it extra sloppy. What's your what's your interest you level like it this for this? Sloppy? This is pretty sloppy, man. What, 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 what is there anything to take from this? I mean, from a strict level of fun, like I guess, like our sloppy fun, however you want to look at it, okay. But it is obviously like a very blatant. Let's let's pin a couple of names on there. These guys, it doesn't matter. Let's just brush off their names, these relics, and throw them against each other and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, the the truth of the matter is, if you like a car crash, I feel like that's kind of what you're getting here. Well, Alberto uh, has had 14 pro fights. Yeah. He's nine and five overall. We're doing we our have... best, best of end of decade things, and this guy last fight fought in 2010. So it's like you're going all it's, that way back oh the whole God. decade. But we most remember him for that one time he went into the pride cage oh wearing God, a pro yes. wrestling mask. Jay in the back, do you have it when oh, Dos Caras Jr. Do. went in there against Krill Cop? Oh, look at this. Oh, my God. And, and, uh, look at how old this looks. Look at the knee pads. Look at the uh, – this was back when he was wrestling in Mexico. He wanted to protect his identity I as a – He's a third-generation legend pro wrestler, and Krill Cop said left kick – Hospital Boom. and it'll we'll, we'll leave it there because uh, oh my wow um, yeah. remove the mask remove the mask don't show it so my god all right that's classic put it look okay for the promotion it's an opportunity to get eyeballs on it show some of their younger fighters they haven't really hit their mark yet in the U S right they're sure. they're going after the Hispanic American audience this is potentially a good opportunity for them but as far as like what this fight's actually going to look like the, the problem is Tito's been active in the in, in but, but uh, can I make a case for Alberto to be right. competitive here tell sure. me if I'm crazy six foot five they're doing it at a 210 pound yes, catch that's weight true. actually has an amateur wrestling background was a near Olympian for Mexico and after round in an MMA cage is that enough to tell you that he lasts around <laughs> I think so. Besides, I, I mean, know, he, I, he, you know, he's he's probably uh, Tito says that he could 
beat John Jones right now, man. I mean, oh. that's how good he feels. So it's one of those situations where when we Tito get that says, Hold on, can we hit time out? When Tito <laughs> says publicly in interviews, I can beat John Jones right now, most people, you're just thinking, oh, it's a way to stay real. What, what is he actually thinking? I don't know. I don't know because everything he says is just kind of out there yeah. at this point. And nobody really takes them seriously. They haven't for years, right? right. Like this whole decade. So I'm, I'm going to be finding. You a, do love this. You I'm going to be finding a legal stream for that on Saturday. I'm going to be checking this out. I urge you to buy that as well. Had a bunch of these guys in my pocket. Yeah. Matt, Matt, our friend Max Bretto is calling that. Really? For Combate America. That's right? Max in a long time. I love Max, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Gosh. Shout out to that man indeed. All right. That's it for the biggest topics of the week to get you fired up. Now we want to hear from you in our segment called DM. I got a burp. Hold on. In our segment called DMs from Dunks. There's the Dunk. Hello. All right here. Uh, by, by the way, shout out to uh, shout out to the T today. Amoeba. A little, little Amoeba music action. Yeah. You know? I got, what you got the way, there? I want you to know that uh, somebody tell Zhang Weili that Boogie Woman is coming. Here we go. And I don't know if you've been on her IG go. page, but she may not be the only one. All right, <laughs> let's hit up these questions. We start off with Henry.Boy11. What would you sacrifice to see Tony? So I guess they're saying to see it actually happen. To see in April in Brooklyn this fight finally take place. Chuck, what would you personally sacrifice? I feel like I've sacrificed so much already. I've spent so much, <laughs> so much time talking about it and writing like these articles. So when I was back at the Ringer, you're writing these big articles that basically became obsolete the moment it would uh, fall apart. I've given a lot to this, man. I feel like I deserve it at this point. I have no, I have nowhere else to go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, you wouldn't sacrifice a kidney at this point. You, uh, how about kidney. like your left pinky? Anything like that? No, nothing. Maybe the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> Just for a second. Just to. Yeah. All right. All right. Shout out uh, to. The, um, I would. I would. What um, would you give? Would you give your hair? Oh wait, yeah. Ah, oh, God. All right. Let's go on to the next one here. <laughs> you never right. even answered you it. Never, uh, heavy dot falcon chimes in this week. In what fashion? Does Dom Reyes need to win at UFC 247 for John Bones not to get an immediate rematch? Catastrophic injuries excluded. Uh, Uh, What would would stop? Because, you know, in modern combat sports, like Andrew Ruiz is finding out, you got to beat the big-name champion twice to actually be the real champion. So what would stop this? Maybe like a three-round domination where one of the rounds is maybe even almost a 10-8 and he puts him away in the fourth. Like something that was so one-sided. That would send Johnny Bones away for like six yeah. months like to get his head straight. Something where you're like, I, you would not be interested in a rematch. You're like, he had nothing to, you know, nothing to offer Dominic Reyes. Something like that would be a, a case for it. Maybe have the fight at that intersection in Albuquerque so John will run the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Too soon? Too soon. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, interesting. Oh, interesting. Like interesting question. No, I'll, I'll go into the yeah. dark. I'll go to the deep, dark depths. You know, I'll follow you into the dark there. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I think... It would have to be that. Any other situation, you got to run yeah. that back. John Bones has been the dominant champion. Hit us up with the next one, Jay. From No Limit Cunningham, if Ruiz wins against Joshua on Saturday, does he have the potential to be as big of a marketing asset for the zone as their biggest names currently, referencing I, AJ and Canelo? I think so, the man. problem, No Limit Cunningham, is Ruiz is not a DAZN fighter. True. He took that first fight on three weeks' notice. He is now a pretty shiny asset. For PBC, right. which has deals with Showtime and Fox. Yes. So well, if in you're, any case. So let me flip this question okay. around okay. No, uh, on you, Chuck. How bad is this for DAZN if AJ loses <laughs> on Saturday? <laughs> Pretty bad. I mean, ultimately, it's great, though, for everybody else, right? Like, it, it, it ends up being one of those things. I, I really believe that Ruiz is... Pretty marketable. And I felt like people who weren't paying attention to the heavyweight division at all, say Joshua had just won the way he's supposed to, 
it wouldn't have got the love almost. That fight wouldn't have got the love that it did. You know, there were there were outlets covering it, and there, I, I was seeing his name. He was appearing all over the place. You know what I mean? His victory tour was was pretty big. I can imagine him kind of breaking out in a bigger way. I think that it really helps when the optics are so opposite of the way he fights. His hands are so much more fast. Yes. But he just looks like this guy who's a schlub, right? Like, but then he's able to do this. Especially against a guy who's like what six foot six, and you see it twice. Uh, I think that he's a golden god. I mean, AJ's body is a wonderland, and you saw that the fat guy come in there and take him out. I think for AJ, it's been interesting. A lot of pundits are kind of saying, is he mentally in the right place heading into the rematch because he's so openly spent so much money and he's almost treated it the win like a lottery ticket, buying the giant house, (laughs) buying the Rolls Royce, having the birthday party where they're eating sushi off of the the cupboards again. Yeah. I mean, look, if you when you're a fighter and you fight your whole career hoping one day for that big moment, that big, you know, opportunity. It's true. And you get it? Yeah. You're, of course you're going to live it, right? Of course. I, I don't know what that means for his mindset. He seems thinner Everybody and in better that. shape. Everybody and, loves a story like that. But, as, you know, separate from what, what it means to the networks, for Andy Ruiz, I think he's, win or lose, going to be a fun brand yeah. moving forward and is going to be a fun opponent for all of the big names because he's just got that everyman thing because of the way that he won the fight that people yeah. love. People love seeing fat guys do big things, right? <laughs> Especially when they're at odds and, you know, going against inevitability, like an inevitable champion like that. I, just, I always think that those things are big. And uh, I just think he gets bigger, though. I think he gets bigger if he's able to do it again. I love it. I love it. Indeed. Uh, we got any more of these uh, DMs from our donk friends here at Jake Averch. With the lack of pay-per-view numbers being released since the ESPN Plus deal, sneaky, sneaky, how do we empirically, well, that's a Luke Thomas word, yeah. determine who the biggest stars in MMA are? Chuck well, you Europe. know, that is a funny thing. I... We talk about guys like Israel Adesanya now, like, oh, he's got the effect, he's the next big thing. But I don't know how to gauge it anymore. I really don't know other than kind of where they show up. Like, what, what kind of outlay is Good Morning America asking him to come on and announce his, his next fight? No. These are good gauges, yeah, right? Like, yeah. But you're not seeing that. And that makes me think that guys like Adesanya are probably uh, maximized their space within the bubble. I'm not sure how much they transcend beyond it yet. I'm still not sure. It's a great question. I feel like we it's harder and harder to figure out who's uh, in, M- in MMA specifically. Is it harder and harder for the fighters to figure that out themselves? And is that going to is that a, is that a way for the evil empire UFC to keep the fighters' value down? Maybe by not allowing those to go public at all. But they didn't used to allow them, right? It used to be a, true. It would leak out, and, and yeah, it's just it is more difficult though. And I sometimes think we push a narrative. You know, we push these stars. We think they're stars, but they're not. Like you see guys who. They seem like they're moving the needle, but then when you actually do see the, and this is where it gets very hard and uh, to to figure out these days, they just don't do the pay per views you think, and I feel like there's a lot of those in play right now. I haven't seen a guy come through that's a clean slam dunk star since Conor McGregor or you know sure. Ronda Rousey. Obviously, nobody has done that. John Jones, I feel like, was the closest we've come, and uh, and he's still well below the. Johnny Walker that. looked like a phenomenon until Corey. You want to see how far soul. guys like that can go because they they at least have. Multiple layers of you know they're dynamic in a lot of ways, and you kind of want to see how far they can go. But losing, it's the hardest. The hardest part is you got to win, right? Like you got to keep winning. You see, Johnny Walker just told a uh, Brazilian outlet. I saw uh, Aaron Brotstetter, one of my favorite MMA oh, folks, yeah. uh, tweeted out that he wants to fight six to eight times next year. And the first fight back, he six wants to eight. In the first fight back, he wants Chris Weidman to avenge the loss for Anderson Silva. He wants to break Weidman's this face. What, what, what is what is this? What is this circus <laughs> clown doing here? Can we I love leave it? Can we Leave Chris Weidman alone there. Everybody just wants to beat up on Chris Weidman. All right. Uh, we got one more DM from our fa- faithful donks. At TJ978, oh, 
football on Thanksgiving or NBA on Christmas. Very interesting here. Are you? Do you get more excited about the spotlight matchups that they give you in the NFL on Thanksgiving or NBA? I got to go NBA. I'll, you do because they save a sexy storyline. You're out there line. playing in your backyard football. You're I'm, playing I'm, basketball. I'm playing it. I'm playing the Madden tournaments after with the all cousins. Right. I'm doing all that. But what the NBA has always done well. Remember Kobe versus Shaq? Sure, they of had, Is make a sort of sexy drama, old coach or old player against the former team type of deal, and they save that because yes. the East and West only face, uh, face each other once for that big moment. NFL, I don't feel like each year, you know you're getting the Lions, you know you're getting the Bears, right. but it's, it's well, like there's the one marquee game at the Cowboys. end. Uh, I'm sorry, the yeah, Cowboys. That, yes, yeah. uh, uh, America's team, thank you, Jay. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Cowboys super fan number 99 coming in right there. But uh, What's weird, though, is those traditions, since I've been alive, have been in play. So it's almost like you're always watching the Lions, the Lions in the early game, and then you get the Cowboys, right? And like it's always like, who are they playing? It becomes a part of the tradition. I would still say that I pay more attention to the football games and maybe it's just it speaks more of the holiday because you're around the TV a little yes. more. Uh, and you're, and you're on, do you unbutton that button, the top button? You got to. You right? got you to let it all hang out. You got to let that <laughs> thing breathe, right? But the basketball one, man, basketball has just – I love the NBA, man. I love basketball. So, like, it's gotten to the place now where I feel like the games have such magnitude. And when they do the storylines correctly and, you know, you've got so many superstars, the way that they've marketed their stars and everything, it's catching it. That I would still go right now with Thanksgiving and football. Is it really the same though without John Madden and the turducken? It's not the because same. even I wouldn't eat that, and I eat some gross things. That was pretty gross. Yeah, that was. That, that went was, on for a long time. He's always was. circling butt sweat and things like that on the. Yeah, screen. I don't. I don't get. And then he would like show that. the turkey, and you're like, "This is not a good." Two, two guys touching tips that might move me, but I don't know about that <laughs> right there. All right, thank you for your questions, Donks. Please subscribe to our show. Continue to send in your thoughts and questions. One guy. Oh, one guy. I don't have his name off the top of my head here. I want to. I'll add my own DM for Dunk because this guy is all over my Instagram okay, DMs, with all the talk of Luke going crazy over Cannibal Corpse or eating children. <laughs> Jay Winchell has hit me up about eighty-seven times talking about ask Luke, but Luke's not here. Chuck, all right, is Tool really the greatest rock band in history? Tool, I definitely like him. <laughs> greatest in history, though. This Come is, on, this is where he's going with this. No. Uh, greatest greatest hard rock outfit of the 90s? Probably. Okay. okay. I do like Tool a lot, man. You like Tool? I like me some Tool. They, I was, I'm, I'm under, uh, I've never gone deep. You know what I mean? Okay. I've never gone deep. But uh, I was, in response to this question, having some beers on Saturday night over my neighbor's house. We, we, he's got this giant stereo system. We can turn it up to 11, and we put on some old school Tool, and I was... You're not was, joking when you say you go to the gas station and you, you, know, you want things injected in your veins. Oh I hear God. about your private life, and it's like... We were drinking, tree right ho- we were drinking Treehouse, too. Treehouse Brewery, <laughs> the best brewery in the world. Shout out to those Look folks in the Massachusetts forest. All right, that's it for Donk DM questions this week. Thank you, Jay Winchell. You got your voice heard. Now we're going to do, Chuck, a little thing called my favorite segment of the week, have you seen this okay. shit? This is my favorite as well. Chuck, you know how it works. We search the globe to find the good, the bad, the ugly, the most bizarre from combat sports this weekend. It was a holiday weekend. There weren't many big fights. Right. But if you want to see a good fight, Friday mornings on Black Friday, be there when the stores open. Oh, yeah. Because I don't care what race, creed, color, origin, religion, anything like that you come from. If you are showing up at Black Friday and you're fighting people over a TV, you are the bottom of the food chain. That was very Luke Thomasian of me right there. But we got an interesting fight here. You don't care here. about the big deals? People used to just fight it out with their fists. Now people bring MMA to the Black Friday fights. Look what? at this chick's guard right here. Whoa. She's putting her in Hell's Gate. Can Where you break this, this down at? for me? Where is this at? 
Oh my! That is a uh, Jay in my ear, uh, uh, jujitsu specialist that Jay in my ear, telling me, "Of course, it's a triangle choke." Yes. But um, uh, you know, in my day, you used to just you used to but swing for the fences, like an right? Old woman, the woman who, on the bottom is like, Wait, don't I think she would have tapped her, maybe maybe a couple more seconds, put her to sleep, right? <laughs> That's amazing. I like the people that chick in the black's got to feel rather like, than helping somebody's filming this. And I like know. Other people are, the chick in the black pat's got to feel like Chael Sonnen there around five, right? Like I've come this far to, to, to victory, and uh, this is what happened. I happens. wish I knew what prompted this. I mean, you you kind of get the gist just watching it. By but, the way, uh, yeah, and I couldn't put up the traditional Black Friday fights because it's just such a. Is this over an Xbox? You think? I think so. It's such a poor representation of our society, Chuck. Okay, the people just <laughs> really brawling is. over like stuff. Little kids getting trampled. I don't like it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down with that. I'll I'm not say, down with the commercialization. I, I mean, stores. happy Cyber Monday to you. They they created yeah. that to, to for safety purposes. All right, I'm not I'm not down with that. All right, we oh got to roll God. on here. I want to take you to Absolute Muay Thai 51. I want to show you a little bit of Matrix defense from this fellow. Whoa. Look at that! Oh my God! Wow! You think you took the blue pill or the red one? Look at that! <laughs> that is amazing, man. That is how you avoid death and bounce right back with the left that doesn't hook. Doesn't hit him. No, no contact at all. Maybe just the tip of his oh, nose. Oh wow! See that's beautiful. That is that is timing. That is confidence in your defense, right you there. You really right? go through and find these, huh? Uh, if I think if I tried to make a move like that, my spine would collapse. <laughs> Look at that right there. That's fantastic. All right, uh, Chuck, I want to roll on here. You're from Colorado, and in any town that you grow up in, yeah. there's always some scrawny dude who buys a motorcycle and he thinks he's tough. And you're, oh, yeah. and you know, like he thinks he can fight because of it. And you're like, what is he gonna do? Get off the motorcycle, knock us out? Oh my God! <laughs> this ain't Vin Diesel. This is motorcycle manhoff. Check that shit out. Both those guys fell so fast, I didn't even see what he threw there. How many times do you see a dude again. on a motorcycle? You're like, yeah, f off, whatever. Oh, Look he at gave this him a dude. Kicks. He's prompt. Put it in park. Get off the bike. Boom. Left hand. Boom. Oh wow. <laughs> Two lefts. I'm sorry, guy in the black t-shirt. You've wow. been sent to hell. Wow. Look at What's these, that guy doing? Look at he's these like, chicks like... Is that a girl? I, I think he stole his wallet. That, that's a Back to the Future reference, saying, CJ. Like, keep Thank the you. clock rolling. Keep the clock keep rolling. Keep the clock rolling. Uh, wow. That is some killer... That guy's that not fooling That first guy around. is like... That guy's gone. all cold. That is... Wow. Imagine if you're that girlfriend. You're like, yeah. Okay. Look, one more time. Look at this. He started it, though. Look at that. No jab, either. He's going right for the money punch. Oh. Oh. Wow. Nice when you're wearing a helmet, too. It's like... See, Lou, yeah. gonna hurt, Lou thinks all we do is heckle people on the show that gets knocked out, right? We do more than that. We do a lot of dick jokes, too. All right. I want to roll on here. Um, global superstar Canelo Alvarez was on vacation in Thailand over the weekend. Hey, fuck it, right? When you got that kind of money, do it. He was in fuck it, and he was on top of this elephant's nose. But I want to zoom in here. Um, uh -oh. Jay in the back. Chuck, what are those? <laughs> what the hell are those? Come on, Canelo. Oh, man. You've got 35 million reasons not to wear shit like that. I know they're Dolce Gabbana. They probably cost more than this whole set. But <laughs> You got any comments on this, Chuck? I think that when you ascend to a certain kind of uh, status, yes. you, know, you just do whatever the hell you want. You I'm know sure what I'm the, saying? The zone executives are like, get him down. Oscar de la wore a hose. Well, yeah. Well, he, <laughs> you talking about the uh, the fishnets? Where are you going fish with this? Fishnets, yes. He had, he had hose. A little different. He had hose in different area. Uh, right. that guy. Yeah. All right. Um, wow, Canelo. That's uh, my wife would kill me if I left the house wearing that. Right. I can appreciate it. All right. I think that's you know it's his style. I he like it. Style. He's got his wife's eyes tattooed on his forearm. I know we talked about that a lot. Yes. but That's dedication. That is craft dedication, right there. man. That's keeping the uh, the marriage bed sacred. So shout out to Big Red right there. Um, have you seen this shit, Chuck? I want to take you to Infusion Live. Oh, the oh my God! Shades of Rocky Two and Fedor Mitrione. It's a double knockdown. I Look I at never that. Get enough of these. Never. You cannot tire it's, of this. It's it's. What are the odds of this happening? Because you both have to land with enough force, right? Yeah. Like, well, it one has guy's to dead. Be simultaneous. Yeah. 
Oh, it's crazy to me. Wow, man. I like how that guy get right up. Do you win if you just, if you stand up, you win. I right? think you stand up, you win in that situation. Is yeah. this guy trying to count too? I mean, the guy's not moving. I think he's done. I think we can get him out of here. Well, the one guy just got knocked down. The other guy got knocked out. So, oh, do you watch a lot of um, Infusion live? Jim? Oh man, you know I've missed. Actually, I've missed all of them so far. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can pick it up on Fight Pass Never or even something heard of that. here. Um, let's go back to Mui Hardcore. We've got a theme on this show. If you try spinny oh, shit and miss. You get sent to hell. Enough with the spinny oh shit. I don't know this guy's name. He may not deserve it, but shout out to Channel 8 Live. Oh he attempts the uh, kick. He says, you know, I'll spin back. No, you'll... you'll. That is a crazy sequence. Ouch. De yeah. Do not pass go. Disposit your soul at the, uh, the bottom of the ring on the way out. That is some... Wow. You see the guy's head disappear through that foot. It's like... Look at this. That's a small ring, too, Chuck. Oh. <laughs> That's that a beautiful some, sequence, though. That is some vicious, vicious swah stuff right there. That's what you get, bro. Enough with this spinny shit. I okay? gotta watch more look, Muay Thai. I know there's a minor leagues. You can try crap. You know, you can kick each other in the dong. But look, yeah. you're gonna get sent to hell trying this stuff. All right, so get it out of your system now. Um, I want to take you to a real fight that happened at WXC84. This is not a real fight. No, this is not a real fight. Okay. This one is the Turkey oh. Bowl. Winner gets a full turkey dinner and the, all the spreads. And we've got Lawrence <laughs> Bonds taking Ryan Hall's soul. No, not that Ryan Hall. Oh. Wow. Normally I'd make a joke about That's the a plural Ryan. Hall. Yeah, normally I'd make a joke about the loser uh, eating his feelings afterwards. I think they both will, Chuck. God, what is this? That's some. That's super We're, heavyweight MMA. Wow, that's great. That's dedication it's to watch. It'll be hard for that guy in the bottom to take down the cage afterwards after get with that headache, right? Wow. <laughs> This is shades of uh, Tito and uh, and Alberto. Yeah, it's a little, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's an appetizer there. Yeah. Um, we've done all fighting, all serious stuff up to this point, Chuck. Yeah. No dongs. Yeah. We can go dong. We can go a full. Have you seen this shit without dongs? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to um. We can. Road but... rage and disrespect. Remember that old thing you do if you see somebody you don't like on the road, you flip them off, give them the finger. Well, the kids these days are doing something a lot different. Oh my God, Chuck! <laughs> Balls across the nose! What is going uh, on here? Which, where have I alighted? Wow! <laughs> yeah, that's you, bro! Wow! More than a mouthful. What do you do with that? Look at oh this guy! <laughs> yeah. That was the greatest thing I've ever wow. seen. Wow. Is this a sequel to Shaft? Where, that's the second time I tried that joke. Wow. Look at this. The slow motion, the slow look, and then. Oh. <laughs> In my day, you'd just go like this, and the truck driver would give you a honk. Good I guess, dickhead. you know, honk if you're horny. Yeah, dickhead. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> wow. The point is the best. The point is the best. Oh, my God. Chuck, have you seen this shit? It's the best thing going on combat sports. I think it really is. <laughs> it really is. I don't know how you find these. All right, is that so, Jay or is that you finding these things? That's me. This, okay. is, this is a Brian Campbell production. A, okay. okay, so if it you makes sense. cuff me, I'm here, Trust all right? Me. Um, it makes sense that these are yours. Chuck, this is your fourth time in the family of, uh, of morning combat. I think it's the fifth. And look, no one's above taking an L here. I don't have high school photos no. I can pull out of here. But we know that you have the iconic hat. Yeah. Some people think you have the iconic hat for a reason. I've been able to dig up the last photo you Let's took without the, the iconic hat. The last one you took Don't without the, the iconic hat. Can we see it right there? Oh, look at him! <laughs> right there! ESPN MMA Live look in the house. Brett looks. Wow, you know, Joanna was right. He, it's tough standing next to the best-looking journalist in MMA. No, it is. But, but, Chuck, but, he, but he got over it, man. He was uh, pretty natural. <laughs> that looks like the moment before the edibles kick in. What's going through your you head know, right there? It was hilarious. There were, not me, but there were edibles right around me. Jeff Wagner, who's standing oh, just God, off, you can get a was so I'm not joking. Like, he gave him a Tootsie Roll right before A hooker this, told so. me she got a contact time making out with him. It was great. Yeah. Um, this, when was this, 2012, the, uh, the this was Kane 2012. JDS rematch? Obviously, I was still at ESPN. Now, what so happened here? Did the producer say no hat? 
Uh, ESPN, I used to do the show there, and I never wore the hat. All right. Hey, shout out, by the way, to ESPN MMA Live. Talk about a proving ground (laughs) for future superstars. All right, I was an early editor on that show. I'm the one who said, get get McNeil. He's got sources. Make him a part of the show. That show has produced John Anik, super producer Zach Candido, who's like top shelf in the UFC, the founders, Karen Portley and the late Anthony Mormile. Rashad Evans cut his teeth there broadcasting in the beginning. Kenny Florian cut his teeth early. You and Brett did some time there. Todd Grisham, Max Brettos, Molly Karama first take was an originator on that one. Um, Cassidy Hubbard, the NBA, she used to do MMA uh, live with Absolutely. you, Absolutely. That, that, yeah, they have a lot of talent. That show, no, true, all truth be told, that show was ahead of its time in the yeah. beginning. We don't have this show right here in some ways without some like things like that. It's not the hat. It's like how drowsy you made yeah, it. Couldn't you pick one where my eyes were open at least? No, I don't think there are those Thank pictures you. out there. That's why I was wondering what was in your bloodstream <laughs> at that point. Um, it was 3 a.m. or something like that. Well, you must ridiculous. be lonely. Yeah, indeed. All yeah. right. Uh, Chuck, uh, odds and ends this weekend. Um, I don't know if you caught that ESPN top rank card over the weekend. Did you see Oscar Valdez moved up to 130? His opponent missed weight by 11 friggin' pounds and got yes. sent to hell by Bob Arum. They bring in the replacement podium. Adam Lopez scores a knockdown <laughs> and nearly pulls the upset. Yeah. I love it in those situations when they pick a guy out of the scrap heap. You pick an Andy Ruiz out of there. Yeah. He comes in there and changes the game. Um, you want to you want to mention anything? Anything going on in your life? Any? What have you been listening to? I've been listening, listening to listening to. Yeah, 90s wise, of course. <laughs> Oh, man. I do like the Lithium Channel. I've, uh, I found that to be all right, soothing. All right, all right. That's good television. Um, what do you think is the uh, greatest guitar solo of the 90s? Oh is God. it the first one from November Rain, the second one, or the third one? Or is that a trick question and the second and third are combined <laughs> with that little break in the middle? It's your world, man. It's, just, it's, it's my world. I, We're just I must have seen it. that video, though, a thousand times. Probably you know, you the best that? video ever. Stephanie, the, back then, when Stephanie it was still, Seymour in it, it was with, still like a, uh, you know, monoculture, like you would have to kind of watch MTV, you would see that endlessly. That and R.E.M.'s uh, Losing My Religion at the time. You remember I, this? I lost my religion watching Stephanie Seymour in that video because you really have to ask yourself, like, oh, yeah, Axel's a dirt hole. Yeah. And, and that guy's just pulling in royalty. I mean, I guess it's a career path for some people, and, but uh, it always would make me mad. You Things know? didn't go so well for him in the later 90s. That's Axel. true. And now he's got the dreads. It's really yeah. not. Did Chinese Democracy finally come out? It's supposed to, I think, this coming week. Yeah. Still <laughs> <laughs> uh, waiting. What was the last concert you were at, Chuck? Uh, I actually saw Journey. It was kind of a funny thing. I was in Vegas, and uh, some, some buddies had some Journey tickets. So that was the last oh, wow. one I went to. That was just like last month. Did that come with a free hysterectomy? Or it was what? pretty, uh, it, was, it was good. No Steve Perry, though, right? No Steve Perry. It was Perry. the Asian guy. Yes. The Asian guy's He's fantastic. Great, yeah, yeah. He, he is. could barely, you know, the, the, the voice, if you just... If you're not paying attention, it sounds exactly the same. We need to go to a concert together. Maybe we get the whole morning combat team. But the problem is Luke. Luke ruins everything. No. He wants to see, like, you don't get down with, like, the do I'll not. eat your soul, I'll eat no. flesh, uh, I'll kill children, those bands he likes. No. He's right. disturbed, man. Yeah, he's um. very disturbed. You know? <laughs> dying. He was at one of those, like, recently. Yeah, Cannibal Corpse, it. Dying Fetus. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's, it's under that genre of abortion rock, but it's really not my scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm glad we could incorporate Luke's uh, taste in here. All right, we are uh, we, we we're pretty lean on running time this week. We we yeah. hit it. We hit it hard. We, did it. we hit it fast, quick. It's it was like eighth grade, right? I mean, it's just in and out. It was fantastic. I wish um, eighth grade. Not, like not, where, not where I come from. More like 25. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, did I? Uh, here's the deal, folks. Morning combat. Whether you're looking at mugs like your boy BC, Chuck, or Luke, we needed to subscribe. We needed to get on out there. You don't have to go to your street corner and hold up the the sign. But you got to spread the word to your friends, spread it wide, spread it across the toast by subscribing to us on YouTube, Morning Combat, hitting us up on Instagram each week. Get your questions in. 
but we want to get these numbers up because the people that make decisions, not Jay, not that a-hole Jay, <laughs> the people that make decisions here, they think they have something here yeah. and they want to take this thing public, all right? Yeah. We need your support to get there, okay? You want us to do a, uh, you want WWE in the 90s, you want us to do a show in your house? It may happen, all right? Let's get us there. That'd let's get fun. us on the road. Let's do big things with subscribing. You can follow Chuck's work at The Athletic. Your podcast is called? The Man and the Myth. It's great. With it's Sean great, Alshotty. Great pod. Check yeah. out Sean Alshotty's feature on that. Oh, uh, yeah. On that. Uh, uh, Travis Fulton. Travis really Fulton, who, who fought 5,000 times. Yes. Yeah. Um, like Chuck, that. you want to shout anything out? Are you going to be making any public appearances, book signings, or anything? No. <laughs> you have our social channels. I love you, when you make me, you put me on the spot for these type of things. I'm still waiting for your greatest guitar solo of the '90s. Alive, maybe next, maybe next show. Alive by Mike McCready. Come on, no, probably huh? not that one. What's yours? I mean, can you get can you get better than November Rain? Can you? Yeah, right. No, no, no more tears. Zach Wild, come on. <clears throat> no. <laughs> all right. Hey. All right. Um, it's gonna start snowing, Brian. Wrap it's gonna. It st- yeah. It's good. We should probably wrap it up before my wife calls and kills me for being on the roads. Um. My name is Brian Campbell. You're looking at Chuck Mindenhall. Your buddy Luke Thomas will be back next week. Right now he's in the gym getting those mm-hmm. gains. And um, for the fine folks at Showtime. Check out Brendan Schaub's work on Below the Belt. Check out All the Smoke. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, I have, actually. That Showtime show. show with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson is fan-friggin-tastic. Jacko breaking down the palace brawl. That yeah. is must-see audio in your ear hole, so check it out. Shout out to all the listeners who only check us audio only. We appreciate you as well. Hit us up with that review on Apple Podcasts. I don't know, Spotify, JDate, Tinder, wherever they can access us. Spread it. Tell the world. That's it. Um, may your hose be whatever you loyal jump up jump up tins down and get down um yeah that's it i got nothing more to say we're out of here all right just it's over show's over
our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.